0: I think anyone can be a conservationist, irregardless of background. What is needed is actually the heart. If you have the right heart to advocate and to love the uh, environment, you already have a head start in being a conservationist.
1: The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. Hello Paul Miss Lisa!
0: Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me today.
1: Oh, thank you, Rinpo. I know that your schedule is really busy, kahit na pandemic. So I really appreciate that you were able to make time for this podcast. And I've I've really been looking forward to talking to you here on the podcast, because your specialty is one that is really close to my heart. But before I get ahead of myself, I want our listeners to get to know you better. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, your work, your background, and how you fell in love with science.
0: So I'm Lisa Paguntalan. I'm a wildlife biologist. And I'm happy to talk to you or share with you today why I'm na in love sa science. So why am I doing the things that I love the most? So when I was still a little girl, I had this uh, wonderful experience of uh, taking a bath in very clean rivers and waterfalls. Walking uh, in forest, close canopy forest in Mindanao, and I was there playing with my friends, namay uh, mandaya friends, and um, all of these experiences, the positive experiences, kado on sa um, sa nature, uh, plus reading books and uh, mostly books ako dante, mm-hmm. reading the books about the nature, about sa geology. I fell in love with geology first. And then I, I wanted to explore more about your surroundings. And so that kept on and parati sa akin na, I want to be a scientist. So when I was actually asked by my father when I was still five years old, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I said, I want to be a scientist. And they all laughed. Mm. Because um, you know, scientists, alam mo, a big deal yun. And then they they thought that uh, ko alam yun or why do I understand that? How, how do I understand that term? Then I felt embarrassed, and but silently, I it even challenged me more to take this. I really wanted to do that. So it was not surprising that I actually pursued it because malit pa ko yato na talaga yung gusto ko ng so what prompted me to, to venture more and to really seriously go into this was also my encounters with people who were in this line of field. I guess in my lifetime, I was uh, very much that I came to uh, be in touch with these people uh, mm-hmm. who had a very good understanding about the situation of Philippines biodiversity. So it opened my uh understanding or my mind about uh this very wildlife that we have around us that we don't know about and because in biology uh, we go out in field trips i have to do catch some bats catch some birds look for plants and everything that i find i can hardly identify them and and that is something very sad mm-hmm. considering that uh, Philippines, you know, these are the plants and animals that are around us. And my mentors pointed out to me that nobody is actually interested in studying them. Uh, and uh, I, because these are these are things that are uh, perceived to be difficult. These are things that are perceived only for the bright the brightest, and uh, these are things that are perceived to have no money. Mm. And the, and the last one is true.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that is a very big de- or deciding factor for most uh, people. And one good thing about that is um, a wisdom from my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she said, In your life, in order to pursue your happiness, you have to follow your heart. Because nothing, it's not all about money. And money cannot make you happy. I don't agree. For most times about money not making you happy, but I do agree about pursuing things that would matter in the end, and um, and so I was glad that I followed this. It was not an easy task. It was not an easy experience. I had many challenges as well, but all of those challenges were actually preparing me to, uh, for for or hardened me or make me better in addressing things that I'm now facing. So. In the end, I'm glad that I had all of those experiences. It makes me stronger, it makes me push to be better, and it makes me see uh, the other side of all these negativities. So before, I used to be anxious about what's happening with our forests, what's happening with our wildlife, with our environment, and what little you have done or successes that you have done, you're overwhelmed with all of these negative things that happens, parang yung success mo hindi maka overcome sa dami daming problema. But then I think it's just a way of, it's just a way of perceiving things or your perceptions natin sa tingin ng isang bagay. Because if you take a look at it, the problems of the past are the same problems of today. And it's only the players that change. Mm-hmm. And our role is to make sure that the continuity of the people that will push to keep on making that positive change should be there, should be consistent. Because if we cut the chain, then there is no more to fight back for that. And the problem will continue. So maybe it will just continue, but at least it will magnify, be magnified. It will so yun yung parating you natin know, that is where one can actually contribute one can realistically uh, achieve things and um uh, and also not be overwhelmed about what is happening because we have to know our limits we have to accept our limits and we have to, to pursue what actually makes us happy
1: I agree with everything you said lalong lalo na yung we can make a difference and being there being present actually doing things, it can help us to get over yung mga nararamdaman natin about the negative things that we hear. Kasi ang daming ang problema sa Pilipinas. But if you were to summarize all of that in one sentence and tell us your mission as a scientist, what would that be and why?
0: Nako. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I... Have embodied the vision of our organization, which is the long-term conservation of the uh, threatened native species in their natural habitats, in partnership with our stakeholders. As in, memorize the memorize, Kuyang, The very moment I joined this uh, uh, conservation organization, and that is that that tagline or that vision uh, that has been there twenty years ago, and it still rings true to me today. So, that vision, I think my mission is actually to, as much as possible, do what you can, do what I can um, to, to, if not save one species at a time, it is to contribute in knowing that species one at a time, or maybe a few at a time, so that we know more about what we have, and then we can learn to love what we have. Uh, because ito yung kulang sa Pilipinas. Wala yung alam or konti lang yung alam natin sa mga bagay na nasa paligid natin. And by not knowing what we do, what we have or by not understanding the importance or relevance of the things that are around us, medyo mahirap natin bigyan ng halaga ang isang bagay or isang lugar. So, I think that is where I wanted to uh, dedicate more of my life or the remaining parts of my life is to make sure that I contribute, continue to contribute uh, information from science, translate that into something that is understandable to people and continue on advocating for that so people learn to love it and take that responsibility. So my ultimate goal is to see people taking responsibilities of taking good care of their environment, particularly their very own biodiversity. So, I'm that see the people that I have trained, I have worked with, interacted with, and that they take on uh, that responsibility in different ways of how they can contribute may it be with communications may it be with the actual doing of science uh, conservation or may it be in teaching or may it simply uh, talking to other people or crafting ordinances or laws to protect this wildlife so you know uh, building an army of people that would actually advocate for the conservation of wildlife and Philippines biodiversity from union that's kahit nawa konti lang yang army na yan maliit lang kayo konti lang kayo if you sing the right tune a lot of people will join in mm-hmm. so it's a it's that you know opportunity and having the right mix of people at the same time yung coming up with that uh, language or that tagline or communication line that will resonate with the rest of the public
1: i totally agree Lalo na yung the part where you have to communicate it to the public talaga in a way that they will really appreciate it, and we'll get into that uh, later on. But right now, kasi yung the, the 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 term biodiversity conservationist it in itself it sounds impressive, but ang question ko po is ano ba ang ginagawa ng isang biodiversity conservationist and for example, gusto kong maging biodiversity conservationist. Since sabi niyo nga po, where your your goal is to see an army of people like taking on the responsibility of saving nature, biodiversity in the Philippines. How exactly does a person become that? Ano yung kailangan na background or skills para maging isang biodiversity conservationist?
0: Alamo, I asked that question uh, when I first turned into one or when I was trying to be one, I didn't realize then that I was already one. Um, so you see, I am a graduate of bi- uh, biology. I teach in a university before. I was doing a lot of research. I was doing a little bit of publication. So I'm doing this kind of stuff. And then I realized that I'm not connecting with the people. Mm-hmm. If I believe that uh, my contribution to science is actually doing publication, will it actually save the species if you have done your publication? So those type of questions I was already asking because uh, when I met with the farmers and I talked to them about this species, they don't actually speak the language that I'm talking they speak this different language, but I understand them, but I cannot communicate back mm-hmm. because I'm so limited in my understanding of what is important. So that is when conservation comes in. I understand that there has to be people that should remain as a uh, research or re- should remain with uh, being a scientist. We need people... Uh-huh. To do that and uh, it will not be the best use of their time if we convert them into something to advocate for something if we take them away from their time of doing science no, of doing uh, coming up with data that will be needed for uh, management mm-hmm. but would it not be wonderful if you have that scientific people or that group of scientific community translating this information into something understandable to the public? Will it not be much better? If you can translate that data, you can translate that information into a management that would benefit the people, that would benefit the community, and most of all benefit biodiversity. So uh, so where, when did it start and how does one contribute to that? Because that's the hard science of it. I think anyone can be a conservationist, irregardless of background. What is needed is actually the heart. Mm-hmm. If you have the right heart to advocate and to love uh, environment, you already have a head start in being a conservationist. Because uh, when you start to love something, if you love nature, you would not agree that nature will actually be violated. You want mm-hmm. to respect that. And... Uh, if there are people who does not respect that and would also uh, uh, damage what you actually tried to protect, that is something where you start to do something. So when the moment you are aware and do something about it, that is when you become a conservationist. It does not end with you just, you know, simply, I nakuno, kawawa So, di ba, hanggang doon. It has to take that action. It has to take that step. So the moment you start talking to your friends, asking these questions, pursuing that, uh, pursuing that issue, that is when you start to be a conservationist.
1: Okay. Hmm. So my partner research, merong part na communication, as you said, kasi important thing. Totoo yeah. So communicate.
0: Totoyan. Uh, so, being a conservationist does not limit to uh, just uh, coming up with the data or, mm-hmm. or communicating that data. So, parang, parang the typical parin yama uh, understanding, not to say some conservationists. You can also be a conservationist by simply donating, a lot, donating something. Mm. So, there are a lot of people, or there are some people, that would actually go on ways of the donating land, or buying land uh, for conservation. Wow. And uh, they don't necessarily have to be the one pursuing that. They just Mm -hmm. give up the land, or they just uh, set aside the land. I know of some Filipino people here who buy land and develop that land simply for conservation, or uh, they have a portion of it dedicated for sustainable agriculture, but then the rest of it is dedicated for nature.
1: Wow. I, I this is the first time I've heard of that. Ang, ang galing naman, mega pala.
0: Meron meron ng nangyayari yam. Sadly to say, mga mayamahan lang makakapunta. Yun nga pwey
1: eh. Uh, may may budget.
0: <laughs> oh nga pero pero that is possible. I mean you can still be a conservationist by simply doing these things.
1: Pano po pag walang ano <laughs> po pag wala kang kung walang pera.
0: So you can volunteer your services. You can volunteer your time by uh, you know di- this type of thing that you are doing, giving a little bit of that spotlight, sharing that bit of spotlight to the Filipino conservationists, Filipino scientists, or those people that are in line with science. That is already an advocacy. That is already uh, a way uh, that, that's contributing to being a conservationist. So you are highlighting uh, people who have contributed a lot about uh, um, science or conserv- who are doing a lot about the science and it's not really about that spotlight to the people it's about that aspect of inspiring a new generation a new generation of people or even the ones that are now in this generation to actually start appreciating that appreciating what we have or maybe pursue Sa konting konting ng mga taong gumagawa nito, more than half of them have already died. And the oh. few that had actually, mira, you see, a yes. few of them who had actually followed that footstep are so overwhelmed with so many things that uh, needs to do, to do. So there is a huge opportunity there. And you have just opened up that box, um, telling the people that there is, there is that opportunity. And that uh, it's not supposed to be a dying breed. It's supposed to be a, a something that needs to continue uh, to be inspired with what these people had started.
1: So there are ways, there are ways na kahit ordinary citizen ka, pwede kang maging uh, conservationist. But I'm curious, yung trabaho po ba ng isang biodiversity conservationist, natitigil ba siya? Like, is there a point where you say, ah, nailigtas na itong species na to, so okay na. Does it ever really stop?
0: Uh, parang hindi, yeah. looking at the trend of what has been happening in the world not since the, how many <laughs> centuries ago yeah. we're talking about centuries and because science is ever dynamic and then it evolves I think uh, being a conservationist or being the people a person who is involved in science it also has to be uh, dynamic it cannot be static so it means it cannot stop so because everything adapts or everything changes, and everything has to adapt to this change. And there is always that opportunity for conservationists uh, there, or even wildlife biologists, you know, if you're going to the science itself. So, indisyo natatapos. And I think it depends on sa way that Titingnan mo siya, uh, kung, kasi very complex, no? yung problema kasi natin sa environment or sa biodiversity, it's very complex. It's not like, pwede mong tingnan yung ganitong problem. Pag na address mo yan, tapos mo siya kaagad. There are many factors that are actually intertwined, and that uh, you cannot just simply get, get one and then be done with it. Yeah. And because of that complexity, uh, it is uh, very hard to actually stop. And it is very hard to be confident that as soon as you've done this, that you it's already saved and and you're done. Say, for example, you have a species of plant uh, that you've managed to recover from this population to this population. So, ayun, gumanta na, dumami na siya, yung sa That's all of the sudden, kasi dumami na siya, naging problema na siya actually. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So you see, it's ever, because it's ever changing, it's ever dynamic. Uh, You cannot stop because you have to, uh, you have to uh, go with the change and and look at how it's affecting. Buti sana kung uh, this one is the only one that is changing, but everything else is also changing.
1: Uh-oh. maintaining that balance kumbaga
0: yeah at least maintaining that equilibrium yun yung ano pero even that one that is uh, that is uh, looking at david attenborough's uh, episode niya sa bbc you can see that in order for us to achieve this we need to keep our wilderness areas because it's the wilderness areas is actually the one that's maintaining that balance and uh, judging from the rate that the population uh, human population is growing and it is like ever growing uh this pandemic has not stopped that no i mean it's it's even may uh, it's even a testament of how advanced we are in making sure that we can you know for uh, the human race uh, goes on and and because of that success that would mean that it might be very hard to achieve that target
1: may konti but related pa rin naman sa conservation work kasi Napapansin ko po and personally as someone who writes about science this is something that I've witnessed then Ang tao kapag nabanggit yung uh, endangered species syempre naiisip agad si Philippine eagle Katyan, si, mm-hmm. si tamarao uh, yung mga medyo en- medyo hindi naman yung ibang hindi masyadong critically endangered pero endangered pa rin. and then you have the uh, tarsier all of these animals na may, may medyo cute Medyo mm. iba yon and then you have animals like the gigantes limestone frog, mm. which is, I believe, the only amphibian mm-hmm. na, ano, critically na critically endangered, endangered if mm. I'm not mistaken. But the attention of people hindi masyadong napupunta don sa mga species na hindi masyadong cute or magandang tignan. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that?
0: Yun exactly yung inaadvocate ng Philippines Biodiversity Conservation Foundation. <laughs> Giving mm-hmm. attention or or putting uh, a, a conservation attention to species that are poorly known but equally endangered or equally threatened, so sometimes it's kind of unfair, but it's the realities of this world that uh, we always go to something that bizar- that is bizarre to the eyes right? mm-hmm. and that is appealing to the eyes so we go for charismatic species, large mammals, any large mammals, turtles, lako, dugitayo <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wala laban doon. So, but uh, what is good about the, using this flagship species is that they are also animals that uh, would take a lot of area and they require a lot of area in order mm-hmm. to survive. And so, because they they require that kind of uh, habitat or that extent of wilderness, it is important to to put that in the context. Na pag nag save tayo ng species or ng habitat ng isang species, we take that into consideration. Hindi lang yung mismo banner species natin. So again, it has something to do about communication and also in the way we do the. Uh, conservation program on the ground. In, matutuwa ako sa nangyayari sa Tamaraw, kasi sit Tamralao kung nakita mo, uh, ang lakay ng uh, binigay doon na ano no? Uh, effort ng uh, DNR particularly, mm-hmm. uh, the local people who had sacrificed a lot of their time to do the counts, the mga uh, partner of mga park rangers and also yeah. sa organizations, uh, local government, who were also part of this one. But it was not an easy start, and it was not also a, it's still struggling as up to this time. But the population has significantly increased. Oh, that's so, good. so it, and it's increasing every year, the way you look at it, it it's good. Mm-hmm. It's very positive, debate. Right? But as soon as, ito yung beauty beauty ng science, eh? Kasi yeah. as soon as you see these things, the more that you learn about this species, or the more you know, the more actually that you need to learn more. Ngayon, lahat ng halos lahat ng nakikita na mga individuals ng tamarao are either female and uh, a juvenile or an immature, nakasama ng female or a subadult, na male, subadult na male. So ang tanong don nasaan ang mga adult na lalaki. And because they are mammals, they behave in a different way. So they don't necessarily go with this uh, female and young calf or yung sub-adult, yung male. So iba yung kanilang behavior, lalo na pag hindi siya dominant na male. So kung bachelor or kung sabadot ka tapos nagmature ka na ngayon, hindi ka na suma, pwedeng sumama doon on sa sa family niyan, sa family mo. You have to separate say you also have to establish your partner, You should also partner start with So these bachelors would need to roam around. Either they form a small group of uh, all males or sub or they challenge a new group and become the dominant male, or they simply just wander around. Who knows? We don't have much and uh, So that is something that uh, we need to address. Because if we're doing well with this female and the young calf, obviously they are breeding, but where are the single males or where, where are the, the other males? Um, how do we manage, when, if you look at the management of the population on a longer term, at the genetic level, you would be, uh, you need to know and find out about these populations. And then we are so concentrated in this area where they do the count. What about the other areas in Mindoro? uh are there still existing populations and when a partner organization did that they found out actually a subpopulation in the north and and how are you going to connect that subpopulation with that central population so all of those things will now come into that uh, ano no program nakafocus yung shadow doon sa tamaraw paano yung ibang species yes sino ang titingin doon paano yan kasi uh si is doing already you know faring well over the years but it's not yet out of the critically endangered status i don't think uh, we might be able to go down to vulnerable sana no uh stage uh, pero what about this uh, critically endangered takukal yung ibon na yun sino ba yung nag doon uh, yung what about si Mindanao bleed uh, si, uh, Mindoro bleeding heart so ano nangyari sa kanya uh, had there, there there were attempts to do the studies before pero ano nang nangyari doon other people actually interested to do the hard science about this kasi lahat puro nakita ko awareness awareness pero sino ba yung nag-generate ng data kasi dapat nauna si data bago nag develop ng awareness campaign so yun yung uh, disparity natin uh mga ta ang mga tao Kasi sa dami kasi ng species <laughs> ng Pilipinas, na unique Totoo. sa bawat island. And this is what actually makes Philippines very, very interesting. Because we're a very small country, we are an arch- archipelagic, and each of these regions or group of islands has their own unique set of species. So, in order to generate that uh, awareness uh, sa species na nasa Lukarmo, uh, mahirap or challenging yan then i-bring up at the national level. Kasi hindi din makarelate ang the rest of the other population kasi wala yan sa kanila. -hmm. So, so yun yung isang challenge for a very uh, localized na species. Very, very important like your giggagandest na uh, frog. Kasi very localized -hmm. siya. At yung mahirap siyang hindi makarelate yung mga tao doon kasi hindi din nila nakikita. At uh, Sino nga ba ang nag-aral pa doon? Yung talagang pinag-aralan yung uh, behavior ng palaka na to. So, you see, uh problema si Panay or si uh, si nasa ano yan, eh parte pa ng Iloilo. Ang Iloilo province yung uh frog na yan. But uh, mm-hmm. even the rest of the province of uh, Panay also has to deal with the rest of the species that are also endemic to Negros and Panay, or the ones that are endemic to Panay that are in their area. Hindi nila. Na problema pa sila doon sa kanilang Panay striped bubler, sa kanilang mabitang, sa kanilang uh, Rufous headed hornbill, sa kanilang yes. uh, species ng uh, bleeding hearts, sa uh, warty pig, uh, spotted deer, yung na. Uh, tapos ngayon si gagantes uh, at sa ilu ilo province. Nasa isla pa siya So paano mo yun ngayon erase yung awareness na maki-ma-proud ma, na yung mga tao, maki-alam din sila doon? Lalo na Laluna pagi-mention mo yun for the rest of the islands of the Philippines who has their own endemic frog.
2: Yeah.
0: So we have to be very strategic in how we do this, in how we uh, campaign or how we uh, uh, put the narrative out and Dito siguro papasok yung communications, uh, communicating science or yung communication side ng mga individuals on how they would marry that doon sa information that comes from the scientist. Kasi sa si scientist, mo, ang dami niyang information ng ganun. Pero imagine mo yung narrative to, ke- to come up with that narrative to make that uh, story actually be emotionally connected doon sa general populace na hindi man lang nakaharap at nakakita sa species na yan. Meron ba kayong
1: specific na species na favorite na hindi masyadong sikat that maybe you'd like to tell our listeners about?
0: Ay nako. Uh, <laughs> mahirap actually magsabi ng ganyan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <My favorite.
0: laughs> kasi, kasi and, uh, me, I work with a lot of people. I work in uh, uh, several islands, and that uh, wow. all of Could them, be. all of them are are very beautiful. The animals are are also uh, close to my heart, and they're all equally important. But uh, I can tell you about what had started me in in the conservation world. Because, that is Na, nasa ano ako then I, what moved me to get into the conservation side was this very small bird they call it uh, cebu flower pecker and uh, it is one of the smaller families of birds in the Philippines or probably in the world, Maliliitsela. Mas may mas may pa sa kanila, pero they belong to that smaller category, maliit talaga. And because this is a small, uh, forest dependent uh, species and it's beautiful, they call it quadricolor, so it's a four-colored flower pecker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the male is beautifully colored but the female is drab. It was found uh, on the island of Cebu, discovered in the island of Cebu in the early 1900s. And then it was declared extinct after it's uh, few collections that were conducted in the early 1900s. So the board did the collection uh, again in the 1950s and then decided or made an announcement that these species, species are already extinct. Given that Cebu has already lost its forest, uh, wala na, ni-write ni- off na sa conservation community. Until one day, this birdwatcher came up to the tiny patch of forest in Tabudan. So at the time, it was like at 200 hectare of forest on limestone. So it's a karst forest. At naiwan lang yung gubat na Kasi wala na actually, ano, uh, lupa doon, limestone na lang siya, so hindi siya pwede, pwede ma-farm. And because it was in very steep hills, mahirap din kunin ang mga puno, so iniwan siya ng mga tao. Kaya may gubat pa doon. And that is where the Cebu flower pecker was known to survive. That moment na na-rediscover siya in 1992 was a very big step in putting Cebu Island back in the conservation world. Because ni-right of na siya eh. wala na siyang gubat, hindi na siya pinansin, wala na siyang biodiversity or fact, ecological disaster, siya yung number one na island na ginagawang example. So, ngayon, you have that bird which has resurrected from the dead, basically from extinction. And there is this opportunity to actually save this species from extinction. Who else has the opportunity to be given uh, twice, no, twice the uh, time to actually uh, uh, support or conserve a species or take this away from extinction? Parang ang hirap noon gawin pero kasi and we have to do something about it. And the story came up really bad at first because William Oliver, uh, the founder of this organization was looking for people, organizations. uh, He was so excited with this rediscovery, And then apparently not many organizations or not, no one was actually interested in pursuing this simply because they said it's a lost cause. Even if it was rediscovered, uh, Cebu has already lost his forest. It's already a lost cause. So William was so frustrated uh, he was almost ready to give up on Philippines. And then he cannot just simply turn his back on this and decided to create this custom-built organization that would dedicate itself to the conservation of Cebu's biodiversity in line with the local government and also with the BMR. That's where how I came to be part of the program. So I listened to this story. I saw the word. Uh, we were able to locate two more locations And then we were also able to work very well in a larger forest patch of Nugas in southern Cebu. That's in the town of Alcoy, And managed to work with the other species there as well. But that was the species that moved me to do something. Uh, I'm not even a Cebuano. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to make people from Cebu care for that bird you cannot expect other people or other filipinos to take care of that bird because they also have their own species of wildlife that badly needs attention so we have to start right where it actually matters we have to start with the people who really are are connected directly to that species or to that wildlife i think we have to do that for the rest of the Philippines. Each island, it's a group of islands, has to take care of their own first and then collectively that's when we can uh, we can work together as Philippines.
1: I love it. I love that story because I think it captures the essence of biodiversity conservation. Na parang, kahit wala ng You know, as long as you don't give up. Parang this in 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 a way it's miraculous to see this Species that we thought was gone because we thought wala na siyang bahay, wala na siyang tirahan. The, the forests are gone. And then suddenly, parang there it is. And ako, I, I am honestly, my mind is boggled now hearing this now. Kasi if I were, if I were active back then, nung panahon na, na, na rediscover itong sibu flower picker, I would have, I probably would not shut up about it. I would write about it a lot. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's an inspiring story. Mm. Parang don't give up on Philippine wildlife, ba? Mm. It's, it's so great.
0: Mm. So from there, I never believed, Michael, that I will be able to do something about it. I mean, in my own little way, I can contribute to something uh, for Cebu. So I think I, if you, I would call Cebu was my, uh, you call this, academy when it comes to, to conservation, because that's where I really learned uh, how to, uh, what is that conservation in the context of Philippines. And, and how, do, how do you translate the science to be uh, uh, integrated or mainstream into the management programs from the people's organization to the local government units, to the academic institutions, to ordinary people, uh, to corporations, and even to uh, mandated agencies. And, and and that became a template for me to work with any other uh, areas in the Philippines. And I was lucky to be at the time. Uh, na nabigyan ako ng opportunity na yan and um, my exposure was also because I was working with the best people in the field. Mm-hmm. So the the local communities that really made me. Uh, I think I cried almost like blood and tears together just to, <laughs> to push for this program but then it was also because I was emotionally connected them uh, so that's probably why I was uh, good in what I did uh at the same time I was so stressed about and anxious about what I did but then it paid off uh there were just only basically 3 of us we were so young and we were the three people who were working really hard in doing this, pushing for the conservation of Cebu's biodiversity. One of my biggest challenges was to convince funding agencies to come back to Cebu and do something for conservation. Because, of course, we cannot continue on doing this program without funding. Funding was critical. And immediately when they hear Cebu, everything would just say, you know, there is no money there. So I'm used to doing conservation with no money. I mean, because there's no money. There's nobody who's going to give you something. Is that you know, going to give you funds, enough funds? There will always be low funds. But this time, it was really very, very low funds, or like almost nothing. So wow. what we have is just ourselves. And then uh, we look at the opportunities we have around us. We look for people, institutions, organizations, uh, corporations who have shared similar Uh, aspect, who also have their uh, little something with them, and together Mm -hmm. we pull up all of these local resources and decide that we're going to do this. So so we talk together, we talk as friends, and because there is nobody around us has more money, less money, we're like almost equal, we share the same vision and the same objective, that we come up with one of the best programs at the time, or even up to now I would say, uh, for the conservation of that uh, forest in southern Cebu, Nugas Forest. It was, was very difficult at first. It was not easy to convince the local people to do this because um, we're thinking about food, poverty, uh, livelihood, and all of that stuff. And you're talking about the, the forest when they yeah. uh, they have problems with this one. And then... Uh, majority of them are dependent on the forest for some resources like uh, wood, timber, for housing, for uh, maybe rattan and some of this bamboo for their vegetable baskets. As uh, some, uh, a lot of them were going uh, hunting in the forest. Like there's so much destruction around, and and the forests that we see at the time were hardly a forest at all. So that's how it started, and and we started. Convincing or talking to a few people, we managed to find some key persons who has the right heart or shares the same concern that we have and from this small group of people of less than five, we started that movement and then it became a collective uh, town pride and mm-hmm. um, and that people are so proud of what they have so what actually was good about this was that town and that uh, barangay was known to be, like, uh, at the time, very, very bad image, no? Like, marijuana country, uh, may patayan doon, like, almost, uh. ano, so ma- mahirap parang ang insurgency and all of that. So people are actually afraid to go there. And uh, and this this came from the mayor, the former mayor, the even the barangay councils and some of the key persons that, when they ride a bus from Cebu going to their town, they would just whisper the name that they're coming from Alcoy. Because the people are, uh, they're going to alcohol. Is the people sitting beside them would look at them strangely and then slowly uh-huh. move away. So, so they're kind of afraid of the people that are going to Alcoid. They have this kind of a, uh, um, parang stereotype. Sila na hindi tao yung mga Hindi siya And then when we started to campaign, we did not use the black, the Cebu floor pepper. Mm. You see, that's the problem with the Sibu pepper. It's very charismatic. It is a very nice story. The, the story yeah. of the series Discovery. Did I tell you that the rediscovery is also the site where Ramon Magsaysayi Uh, was actually uh, crashed into that plane crash. crash. Yeah, the plane crash. Ah. It was at the same plane crash site. It is uh, the highest point in Cebu City or in that uh, northern part of Cebu. It is a very, uh, it's part of Cebu City actually. This forest is part of Cebu City. So that is actually a very good campaign um, information for Cebu City, having that biodiversity in there and all of that stuff. Anyway, because it was so difficult to work there So we work with uh, the Southern uh, Cebu in Alcoy. People cannot relate to the Cebu flowerpecker because they hardly see it. It's a very small bird, canopy dweller. Tapos kalaksing-hing laki lang siya ng dahon. Nasa canopy pa yan. Paano mo siya makita? And it's very silent. It's not a vocal bird. So mahirap siya. Hindi siya masyadong Uh nag-iingay. So hindi siya madaling hanapin. But there is this bird. We call them the black shama. It's another endemic bird of Cebu. It's also endangered, not critically endangered. It shares the same habitat as the Cebu flowerpecker and many other species that are found there. And people has a local name for this. They call this siloy. So siloy. So people siloid. know. Yeah, people know siloy. They can relate to it. They know how it sings. They know where it go, uh, goes, and so. We use that black shama as the flagship species. So it's like your tamarau or or Filipino eagle. I mean, imagine that way back in 2006. So we started in 2002. By 2006, we came up with a siloy festival. I came, oh. yeah, I came into parang the par, parish, the, the priest in the parish called our attention because mm-hmm. um, the festival, the the Catholic festival, or they have their festivities uh, in every August at the time, they were more or less religious activities. And then the municipality decided to change this into Siloy festival. So our attention was called because, uh, you know, from this religious festivity, it's going to be changed into a Black Shama festival. <laughs> so yeah. it's a kind of worrisome on their aspect. <laughs> but that was a decision that was made by the local uh, government units and the yeah. local communities itself. And much to our delight, you know, they stood by their ground that they're going to do this. It's not going to take away the people away from this religious, know, but yeah. it's going to give attention for this Siloy festival. So, moving to 2008, we were printing some uh, tarpaulins or... Yeah, we were printing some tarpaulins that we will give to the schools uh, as a material. So these were all bird species, bat species, and uh, this wildlife that, that are found in Cebu that they can use as uh, stitching uh, materials. And then the people uh, uh, in the store, or that uh, what's this, uh, yung pagawaan ng tarpaulin doon, printing sa printing area. Mm-hmm. Nang nakita ng tao doon, yung print namin, in siya, Kinala mo yung siloy sa alkoy.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Tingin sakanya Bagat mo alam yung siloy sa alkoy. Sadipa <laughs> so, yun yung blackbird na nasa endemic lang siadoon. Makikita lang siadoon sa alkoy. sabi I actually, makita siya sa bongsibu. But how did you know about this? Ishadoon sa alkoy siloy festival? Wow. So, so, then we, there was one incident when we rode in the taxi. Uh, we took the taxi to going to the airport. Manata. so we are bringing some of the equipment with us. And he was saying, asking, bakit yung mga equipment dala namin?" And we told him we were, we are actually wildlife biologists and And he said, uh, "So are you also aware about the black shama or yung siloy alkoi? And so, so imagine, <laughs> randomly, these people. There are on the streets and all of this, and they were telling us about this black shama that is there in Alcoy and the story about this one. And um, we have these kids um, taken to uh, this uh, Siloy festival dance, where it actually showcased internationally, nationally, regionally. So it's kind of it's making a huge campaign and uh, to support the conservation of this endemic bird. In short, it's also supporting the conservation of all the threatened species that were there, and that changed the perception of people of Alcoy. So imagine there. Nung nakausap ko yung mayor in 2006, and he said, "Lisa, you, we now put Alcoy on the map. So before, people hardly know about Alcoy." We are the smallest province in a uh, town in the province of Cebu in the island of Cebu, but we have the largest forest in the island. We have the largest population of all the endemic species in the island, and we are proud of that. And people are talking about our black shama, our siloy They're no longer talking about this marijuana. They're no longer talking about <laughs> these killings and all of this. We are yeah. now coming up with a positive. So that really took a huge ano, part of the pride uh, campaign or yung ano don sa mga tao that changed their perception about and made uh, parang na love nila yung kanilang lugar they're really proud of what they have and and you you just need that that change of behavior because when people start learn to love what they have then they will also put an effort to protect what they love
1: ang ganda like uh, no kidding, ang ganda nung story kasi I feel na, you know, I was thinking kanina while you were talking about yung challenges of biodiversity conservation and then uh y- you mentioned yung legal aspects, you mentioned the mm-hmm. fact that we're we're all like small, we, we, the Philippines is basically a, a bunch of smaller ecosystems mm-hmm. with their own endemic mm-hmm. creatures and then paano ba magkakaroon ng pakialam ang mga Pilipino sa species na to? And naaliw ako na you guys were able to not just strategically aid in the conservation of not just one species in Cebu but the endemic species there but also you were able to do it by capitalizing on the Filipinos uh, tendency to celebrate diba yes. napaka natin mm. sa mga festival mm. sa mga mm. celebration tapos nagamit siya for species mm. conservation it's such mm. a such a great idea
0: Mm-mm. So, hindi yan unique sa amin. Kinopia lang, actually, namin din yan. Oh. Nakita namin yan na idea na ginawa nila doon. But then, uh, so we copied that idea of using a flagship species. and and But it was, remember, it was not us who made that festival. The, mm-hmm. That idea of festival came from the people themselves. So that's that's how. Ka, uh, so, yun yung plus factors, and kasi hindi kami ang create a festival. Sila. <laughs> we just ingested the idea. Yun <laughs> yung oh, <laughs> Because the, now the, the, they have a strong ownership of the Black Shama yes. festival. And and when they have that, then they will make sure that, you know, they keep that and, and make sure na protected nyon. Ang nakakatuwa pa doon sa sa ganyan because that experience from Alcoy was eventually brought up to the level of the whole island of Cebu. So, kailangan dalin yan sa buong isla ng Cebu kasi whatever success that you have there, if you don't actually make sure that the spe- other species in fragments of what little forest is left for the rest of Cebu, pag hindi mo na-conserve them, ang value ng biodiversity mo baba pa rin kasi you need to uh, conserve also the sub-populations, the other populations, because that is genetically important as well. So, sa sa panahon na ito, anything that is left is worth conserving kasi maliit lang lang talaga ang population. So, how do we know na maliit or konti lang, dumadami ba sila or hindi? So, yun yung parating question ng mga tao, di ba? And that is also the basis for people to actually put the funds in uh, public funds, private funds or contributions. So what we did was we talked to the provincial government of uh, Cebu, and then we talked with the DNR at the provincial level and the national regional level to come up with a synchronized black Shama watch. So This is going to have the citizen science participating in the synchronized counting of black sham in all of the remaining forest patches in Cebu. So we don't have the money, we have the idea, we don't have the resources, but we know who are the people who are into this. So we talk with the different people who are into this, who are mandated into this, and those people who just share the same passion as we do. And we sat down and crafted uh, how we're gonna do this. So with little funding from the provincial government and the DNR, we were able to set up uh, small groups na training, orientation training of how to do the counts. And we did the investment of laying down the transacts uh, saan gagawin yung mga counts. That was important kasi uh, dapat standard yung methodology but then any ordinary people can actually participate in. And we were so overwhelmed with the strong uh, parang participation and kanang, uh, it was warmly welcomed by uh, by a group of people or for any Cebuanos uh, at the time. So ang daming gustong mag-participate na Nagsobra yung participants namin sa kailangan. So kailangan sa yeah. naming tangalin na yung iba. Wow. O Kasi ang daming gustong we came gusto ng sumama. Daming su to
1: participate. Oh.
0: Yeah. Kasi, what we did was to to encourage the DNR to move that to schedule on early Saturday. So people mm-hmm. from Friday can uh, travel uh, overnight. Kasi, we synchronized the count at 6 o'clock in the morning. So dapat andun ka na sa site 6 o'clock in the morning. So magka-camp ng uh, Friday evening, andun na yung mga tao magkita-kita. So they, we have a designated area saan yung pick point kung saan sila gustong uh, na-assign or ma-assign. And then they have uh, they have to bring their own pagkain or do the contribution. We have to coordinate with the barangay and municipality para sa local guides na naka-assign mm-hmm. sa bawat ano. And um, I think we have eight municipalities, different localities. Uh, some municipalities have uh, three or four localities. So, mag-total yan ng 17 locations uh, in the whole island of Cebu. So, may assignment yan bawat tao. So, ang Nakakatuwa kasi magkakaiba kayo. You come from different walks of life. You come, uh, you went there, so you meet people, you get to know people, uh, new people, and then you share the same passion. At the same time, you're able to go outdoors and learn something and and enjoy. At the same time, contribute to science. So, pagkatapos niyan, kanya-kanyang text yan. No? Ilan ang siya nakita, ilan ang ano, paano yung ginawa, tapos iko-consolidate. So, the consolidation of the data would uh, come, uh, would go to us. We help the DNR and the local government, uh, you know, analyze this data, because we have very good representation of the different habitats and uh, across the whole island. We have a standardized methodology, and, and we have very good results. We were able to come up with an island-wide population estimate of the Black shaman mm-hmm. without funding. Also, this is like crowdsourcing or something yes. like that. You have people participating in this one. And this is where your question earlier would come in. If I am somebody who has probably very little resources and I, I have this interest uh, to actually participate and be a conservationist, you can do and start doing this. Because these are things that would actually actually provide you with the experience and hopefully give you some fun and at the same time, uh, you know, link with new friends and connections. And most importantly, contribute the science that will eventually do the conservation and management of that species.
1: Agreed. Lalo-lalo na yung the, the importance of having that data. Yep. Talagang na-emphasize. Kasi you can't make decisions, you can't make good decisions without data. And mm-hmm. you also cannot measure mm-hmm. yung uh, success of a campaign, like mm-hmm. to save a species, if you don't have the right numbers.
0: Yes. And this is, uh, sadly, the COVID, at, uh, because we were scheduled eh. for uh, March 2020, eh, kasi uh-huh. doon sa Black Shaman Watch, nawala siya na opportunity, na sayang kasi si Madam Gwen Garcia, uh, ano sold na sana siya doon, Tapos, uh, ngayon, uh, balik ulit tayo. Don't wala. so it's gonna be another challenge. But I think uh, people still wanna do a little do bit it. of fun uh, and continue that. And uh, that did only that did not only happen for blackshama sasibuno. We did that mm-hmm. actually first here in Negros Island. Mas mehirap ang Negros kasi mas malaki dito. Tapos uh, wala kaming Black na, and we need to do uh, uh, something na. Uh, kailangan din ng important. So, we went for the scientific hornbill kasi kilala siya ng mga tao. Yes. It is a loud and large bird. So, pag nag siya, makilala siya kaagad. At pag nakita mo, hindi ka magkakamali. Yes. Kasi wala naman siyang katulad except yung si Rubocetid hornbill, which is different naman yung kulay. So, yung uh, yung margin of error mo na magkamali ka doon sa pag-identify niya, mababa pa siya. Okay, uh, so, what we did was uh, integrate this hornbill count in the regular biomonitoring system in protected areas dito sa Negros Occidental. Kasi unlike sa Cebu, majority of the larger forest patches na naiwang dito sa Negros Island are already declared as protected areas. So, meaning, hindi basta-basta ding pumasok doon, di ba? But so, in order to do this, we have to align our uh, biomonitoring uh, system doon ng sa DNR. I-align doon yung hornbill count. Kasi kailangan din naman nila yung generation ng population estimate ng hornbills din sa Negros. And for the longest time, there has been no population estimate for the scientific hornbill in Negros Island. It has always been speculated. Kasi ang meron lang tayong population estimate niyan is in the island of Panay that dates back in year 2000. So that's also how badly update, outdated yung nasa Panay. So, when we did the synchronized count dito sa Negros, kailangan na talaga namin ng pera. Malayo ang that's eh. we're talking about 30,000 hectares, 11 cities and municipalities sa isang protected area pa yan. May kanlaon pa aning din yun. Uh, na municipal sa cities, malaki din yan. We're talking about 8,000 hectares. You think about Balinsasayo Twin Lakes uh, uh, andun sa Negros Oriental, different province yun. Uh, maliit malit yun, mga uh, 3,000 hectares yung gubaton, pero malayo yun sa amin. So how do we strategize in doing this and, and making sure that kailangan talaga namin magkuha ng pera dito. So we had an initial uh, grant from USAID who funded mm-hmm. this uh, project and we were able to train the people and, and do the campaign for the Synchronized Hornbill Kang. Again, we have also huge success uh, in this one because uh, surprisingly, uh, the same sa Cebu. Alam mo pa na ang majority ng mga citizen science natin are coming from uh, mothers sa local communities, mga farmers, uh, mga bantay gubat. And also, mga, yung mga mama talaga, yung, yung mga pair, uh, mothers uh, in the local communities were the ones who were actually participating in this one. And also, yung mga uh, farmers that are also interested to know or join the, the activity. So, natutuwa din sila doon sa mga ginagawang ito, except na uh, minsan, na uh, nalalayo andin yung mga taong kasi parin na yon
2: nilalakad <laughs> yes,
0: dito <laughs> pero na pero pag adventurous ka na na tutuwak ka sa wagang yeah, barangay dito so na so I'm happy to inform you that I uh, this uh, publication we publish actually the population estimates so we we added our own data Kasi kinukulang yung data sa Sintresa, But we have previous data sa mga uh, kasariling research na. Yeah. And we are able to come up with an island-wide population estimates of the Visayan Taric for the first time. And this is going to come out uh, later this year, sometime in late October siguro. Lalabas sa Journal of Asian Ornithology, so tale. Mm. And uh, it's been accepted. So for the first time, we have a population estimate. So Imagine mo yung it's contribution. Exciting. Yes. At mga contribution yan, ng mga uh, maraming bag- malaking bagay diyan, yung citizen science natin. Citizen at, science. Uh, DNR, at saka yung different local government who took the initiative to actually support this kind of activity.
1: Naalala ko tala yung motto ng DOST, yung uh, science for the people. This is mm. an example of science with the people. Yeah. So, ang ganda. And for the people. And for the people. Science with and for the people. So I hope na people who heard that story they might they feel inspired to try this uh sa kanilang mga communities. This is this is like you, you you really see the power of everyone working together in action na mm-hmm. talagang for for mm-hmm. biodiversity conservation. Mm-hmm. So so I wish I I I I really wish na we had a longer time to to talk about <laughs> this so ang daming sobra like Ako, sabi ko nga sa inyo this is a this is a topic that's really close to my heart and maybe I can invite you to have a part 2 dito sa uh-huh. podcast. I would Why love not? to hear. Why not? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I would love to hear more stories dalo na pag na-publish na yung paper niyo this late October. Ako, uh-huh. feeling ko talaga ang dami ko matututunan pa. But for now, um, uh-huh. if anyone wants to reach out to you or Help during this pandemic uh, become biodiversity conservationists. Then, regardless of yung limitations natin because of the pandemic, what's the best way to contact you? And what's the best way? What's what are the ways that we can help?
0: Ang social media naman very limited kami just sa sa work naman doon ano kasi uh-huh. alam mo ba Michael kami dito sa field bio, hindi kami mara uh, tatanungin na lang kita ilang bang taong inisip mo na member ng uh, kasama dito sa core team ng field value ilang ilang taong kami inimagin mo sa mga sikno kwento ko sa yung trabaho naman
1: ako i will think about a hundred
0: mga taon naman yes uh-huh. so Currently, kasi pandemic, tapos uh, nakuha din yung mga na-train ko na, magagaling na rin sila. They went for a master's degree na study. Uh, so, naiwan kami na core team dito, lima. Lima? Yeah. Oh so, ang um, highest na naman na number of individuals that are directly working sa field bio is nine. Ano. So, we are very efficient in how we do the work and how we do the partnership. Kaya, yung mga ginagawa natin, malaking strong ownership, yung mga different partners. Kasi kasama namin talaga sila sa pag-implement ng program. Kasi so ito yung totoong, hindi namin kaya i-implement yan kung wala kayo. So, <laughs> so we have to bring in a lot of uh, volunteers, partners, or yung Sarah, whoever is uh, interested in doing this. There are, I'm calling the attention of the biologists or those people who are uh, probably having a hard time finishing their master's thesis or, mm-hmm. or their undergraduate thesis or even their high school studies. And, um, they probably would be struggling, uh, some of them might be struggling to come up with a topic that they could do with this pandemic time
2: mm-hmm.
0: and also with uh, how they're going to do their uh, work. That is also one way where we can be of help, or we would be interested to help you, Um, helping you design, come up with uh, possible topics that you will be interested to work in, and uh, hopefully that you will be also interested to work with us uh, on this topic. So it will help some of the poorly known species, even if it's just uh, basically not going in the field and directly uh, generating that data. Because... Yun yung problema natin ngayon, hindi pinapayagan yung mga estudyante lumabas sa field uh, because yeah. of COVID. But there are still things that you can do even if you have to do it online. And things that are meaningful that would actually be uh, of help to the conservation and management of threatened species. So you can reach out to me uh, through my email, uh, lisapagontalang at fieldbio.org.ph. Uh, medyo mahaba po yan. so you can also message me in my uh, Facebook page and very active in my Facebook page, Kelisa Paguntalan. And uh, we are also active sa Philippines Biodiversity Conservation Foundation Facebook page. You can also send us a message there. But if you want to directly uh, contact me, you can directly give me a message or send me a message or uh, type on my timeline that you need my <laughs> help and so I can reach back to you.
1: All right, and anyone who listened to this podcast from start to finish, and daming lessons na na pick up from from you about your your experiences on biodiversity conservation. But if you could leave one piece of advice for aspiring scientists, aspiring conservationists out there, especially yung regarding working here in the Philippines with with our unique circumstances, what would that advice be?
0: So if you have the heart to work for conservation. Philippines is a good playing field, if not the best playing field. You are right at the heart and the center of biodiversity. And everywhere you go, every island where you go to the Philippines is always an opportunity, not just to discover, but also to help uh, come up with pertinent information that will be crucial to the conservation of species and eventually the conservation of Philippines biodiversity. Uh, follow your heart, uh, know where to contact and how to contact the people. Uh, connecting with the right people who shares the same passion would actually be key in molding you into somebody that would be, uh, uh, that would be implementing conservation with the right mind and the right
1: heart. And uh, those, those are great words to end this wonderful episode. And I, I just really hope that I, I hear about more of these initiatives in the future, not just from your group, which given how small you are right now, Cortinio is doing a fantastic job, but I hope that we will hear about this in the coming years from other parts of the Philippines. Maybe someday, I might be part of this too. I I really want to. So let's see where life takes all of us, but let's all move forward and look forward to a better Philippines, a uh, better initiatives for biodiversity conservation and with all of us working together. So thank you very much for sharing your time and your expertise. Uh, this has been one of my, I like all of our episodes, but this has been one of my favorites because I'm a fan of biodiversity conservation efforts and conservationists in the So please keep up the good work. Uh, you have. I am, I am rooting for you and your organization, and I really, really cannot wait to see what other things you will be coming up with in the coming years.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you, Michael. Thank you for the opportunity. I always enjoyed And I'm so happy that we finally interacted. Though, yung talagang comfort na nag interact Not just in email or, or messages. So I'm happy to hear your voice. I hope to meet you personally one day. And uh, I hope to bring you to one of our best conservation field sites.
1: Wow! Naku po, sobrang excited na ako. So sana talaga ma- matapos na itong... Pandemic. Oh, I, I am looking forward to that. Hopefully, in the next few months, it will so. Oh, keeping nga. my fingers crossed for that.
0: Oh, nga. Salamat, Maraming salamat, Michael. salamat. Salamat, po. Take care and stay safe. Ah, kayo din po. Thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at Flip Science PH on Twitter, and at Flip Facts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Istoryang Sientipiko, and Science Scramble. Stay curious!